What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bullet Not Power. This is Gabby. And KT. Oh, we're back with another episode. Thanks for checking out our last one uh, where we finished up Black Arm Joy. Today, we're going to be talking more so in a ranting, so stay tuned. Um, if you'd like to donate to the work we're doing in the city, you can do so. We recently got... Uh, some very generous donations. Um, we were able to take the groceries over there to the pantry. We greeted with a, a friend, and uh, like they were so happy. We had uh, washing powder, detergent, baby formula. I brought some more of my clothes over there, and they took it all. And mm-hmm. so we was like, "Hey, get get what you need." Uh, so if you'd like to donate to that, you can do so. Link is in the description. If you'd like to join us, uh, like I said, we're getting connected with some more people in the city, you know, starting to, uh, to organize, get stuff pop, and you can do so. Link is in the description. All right, guys, today we're going to talk about, um, recession things. Um, we know the recession is here, despite what people say. The pandemic is still here as well. And we're just starting to see trends, trends that people are talking about. And we want to talk about them as well and kind of explain, you know, why they're happening at this point and what we can do to kind of combat um, these trends. So, KT, you want to go first? Yeah, so um, something more recently that's come across the feed, essentially, is people now talking about how uh, celebrities or even rich people are taking out their body modifications, whether that be implants, uh, or whether or not that is like, uh, butt implants and things like that. And so they're starting to say that skinny is the end. Skinny is starting to become in again. And, uh, yeah, I just want to kind of Talk about that and how, number one, the fat phobia that that surrounds. And then also, number two, how Skinny actually never left. So, yeah. Yeah, so for the first part here, uh, I'm going to let Gabby kind of talk about it. Because Gabby actually read an article about how fat phobia ties into eugenics. And how essentially that goes into uh, fascism. And why... Certain things like that are starting to uptick currently since we're in a recession. So, uh, go ahead, Gabby. I would encourage everybody to go check out the TikTok Crutches and Spice. Yeah. Um, She's a disability advocate, and uh, she has a lot of good history on this types of stuff, and that's what really got me interested in seeing the correlation. Um, so we know, or for people that don't know, eugenics was this program in which, uh, America was trying to create the perfect human, um, you know, that wasn't disabled, wasn't black, was, was the right height, the right weight, the right eye color, everything, um, so, yeah, that ties in with fat phobia because we know that even now a lot of stigma around fat phobia surrounds, you know, they say it's for health, but it's really about looks. It's really about aesthetics, which is why, you know, the fitness industry isn't about health either. It's all about aesthetics. It's all about having the perfect body. It's all about looking thin. It's all about looking strong and looking like you can do things, even though you probably can't because you are starving yourself. Um, so, yeah, so with this recession, uh, we know that fascism, the, the governments everywhere are starting to, you know, 
just digging a little bit deeper into the already current fascism because people are still looking around and um, these politicians, there's still nothing has really changed for us. I mean, we can go outside. You don't have to wear your mask and stuff like that. But economically, people are still doing bad and it's getting worse. So what do, what do governments do historically? They tap into the fascism. It's not the government's fault. No, 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 no. It's not the government's fault. It's inflation. And inflation, that is, that's y'all fault too because y'all be asking for too much money for your jobs. And all this other stuff. And the healthcare, you know, you're paying so much in healthcare. It's not because of the, the doctors and the, the uh, hospitals and the insurance companies. No, it's because of these disabled people that's putting out all these resources yeah. and these fat people that's getting all this money from the government. That's the reason why your premiums are so high and that's why you have to pay so much. Um, so that's pretty much what it is. And that's why, you know, you see now this transphobia uptick in the, um, Mm -hmm. not uptick. I want to say uptick because it makes it seem like it wasn't there, but just overtly like going out of their way to just be transphobic, going out of their way to be racist, going out of their way to be classist. It's all a distraction because they know people are getting fed up. So yes, uh, I didn't know anything too much about how the skinny is in i did see some people talking about how you know a lot of these uh typical quote-unquote plus size brands are starting to use smaller models to uh model the clothing and now there's there's a a curve side like a toward curve did i hit it right yeah so um basically Torrid, Lane Bryant, if you don't know, they are uh, plus-size brands, quote-unquote, and they essentially carry very, very high sizes for fat people, super fat people, things like that. Um, Lane Bryant and Torrid, both of them, not only are they now, but they have forever, essentially, been using smaller models or mid-size models um, that aren't necessarily fat or that would not necessarily fit into their super fat sizes and instead would fit into their more uh, tinier sizes. And like I said, this isn't something new, but this is something that's gone on forever and they're they're only like uh, pushing it even more now so that we're in a recession and they need these quote-unquote smaller people to purchase their items, right? So, um... Yeah, I'm not sure about the torrid curve, but I'm sure that's something to do with, if they did make something like that, then it would be something along the lines of, like, they're offering, like, bigger sizes, which, they which are they're already supposed to do. Right, so as far as, yeah, we can definitely say that's a part of marketing, too. They're trying to expand their customer base. Uh, I don't see why they would need to, but hey. Um, something else that, you know, that all ties into with, ties in with is uh, ableism and uh, you know a lot of people for a lot of people COVID has been disabling um, in various ways Uh, some people have been bedridden for for months some people have have lost uh, functioning in certain body parts and all types of stuff in their brain and so now uh, you know we talked uh, I think the beginning of this year about, you know, how the CDC later was like, well, the people that are dying now is because they have comorbidities. It's not because that's not healthy people. So it's really like a way to kind of 
you know, kind of emphasizing that, oh, I'm healthy, kind of emphasizing, oh, I'm skinny. It's kind of like, ha, I'm not like those other people. I made it through the pandemic still looking good, still able to do this and do that, and I'm not fat. We, I made it through the pandemic, and I still have a good body, a good face, good skin to show for it. And uh, I feel like that just gives people another... Just one more thing to, to to have them keep playing the game, to have them keep caring about this capitalist system because they get to have a little bit of power over people and be like, hmm, um, I'm skinny. I can fit into these skinny jeans. Y'all can't because y'all was at the house and uh, y'all was uh, eating food and doing stuff like this, but I have the discipline to starve myself. And so now I can wear all this fashion. Not, and, even, um, not even, I want to say not even starve myself, but they have the, because I feel like that goes into like EDs and stuff like that. But they had the ability to continue up, to continue their gym workout. They probably didn't lose their job because their job let, allowed them to go remote work. So they had less risk of getting COVID. They also, since they didn't lose their job, poverty was no longer a play. So they kept being able to eat the same foods that they were eating post, I mean, pre-COVID and things along those lines. Like, really, classism has a lot to do with it. Yep. And it's not about, you're saying, well... I got to starve myself into no, I don't think it's that. I think, I think it has both. a lot to do it has more so to do with the fact that these people still had funds, they still had access, they still had the privilege to be able to go and do the exact same things they were doing before COVID came around. Never. And so the people who did didn't have that pre COVID. Where do you think they are now? Where do you think the people are that did that had comorbidities pre COVID? What happened to them after COVID came? COVID came. What do you think? That worse. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I still, the starving thing still goes into it because it has something to do with eugenics. It has something to do with this whole uh, model of, I, I was reading something about the puritanical culture of being able to... Um, Go against one's urges, purity, to be right. able to to uh, not uh, delve into these uh, these urges of overeating and uh, uh, quote unquote laziness and all this stuff. It's seen as a virtue to be able to uh, you know be able to pretty much to literally starve yourself in order to be seen as a better a good person, a better person, and because you know we don't. A lot of people don't have access to show uh, for things like they don't have the money to show the cars or the, the nice clothes or, what, or whatever. That's something easy. That's something attainable that you can do that can give you worth in this capitalist system. Be like, well, I don't have money or nothing like that, but at least I look better than everybody. Or at least I can, like I said, fit into these clothes and stuff like that. So I just feel like that's just one little piece of the this entire little fascist puzzle that, that is... It's being used to, you know, keep us all in this in this uh, loop-de-loop. Um, fascism pulls all the punches. So it's going to pull the ableism. It's going to pull the racism. It's going to pull the classism. It's going to pull anything that it possibly can. And to the classism, which, like you said, ties into everything, you know, a lot of people that, that don't even have the money are still looking for ways and reasons to to be classist to people who have a, a little bit less than them. Yeah. 
Because and that's the only power you got. It's the only power you, ha- you have. And we see this on Twitter and stuff like that. People wagging their fingers at people having to make GoFundMe's because they need some money to pay for their groceries. And it's like, why y'all making GoFundMe's? And why y'all weaponizing y'all identities to get money from people? And it's like, uh, because they need the money. I mean, do you want somebody to make you a GoFundMe? What really is the problem? And I feel like, you know, there's something that's, that's emboldening people to to delve into this 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 level of classism with no social awareness that they're in the same boat and uh, I don't know I don't I don't really uh consume a lot of mass media maybe it's something on TV maybe it's something that people are talking about on TikTok or something like that that's making people feel like they have to flex the little dollars that they do have even though we're all in a, a bad situation have, have you seen anything like that no i'm gonna tell you what it is though it, it's definitely classism it's the fact that there's more poor people during covid during the pandemic uh and the rich got richer and they the media made that absolutely clear twitter made that absolutely clear that the rich got richer and the poor got poorer right so now that there's even more poor people there may be somebody who has just a little bit more money than the next person. And if you were ever in the middle class or if you were ever in the upper middle class and you're now down in the where the poor people are, the moment you get some money, guess what you're going to do? You're going to flash it. You're going to flash every single bit of it because that's what you're used to. Yeah, you're right. I agree. There's uh, the, the temptation is there. If you don't have your mind in the right place, um, people who don't know, I recently got a new, better paying job than that crap I was making it uh, as a pre-K assistant. And just from the increase of my wage, I see how little I was making and how little most people are making. Like, if I wasn't living with my parents, I would not have been able to survive in, in this city. And if I was still in that frame of mind that, you know, I need to uh, aspire to the American dream. I need to step on other people to get up higher, to to succeed, to, you know, to have success. Then I see how some people will be like, oh, well, now it's time for me to show everybody what I got. Now it's time for me to flaunt all this stuff in everybody's face. And there's no reason why you can't get where I got because I did it all by myself, even though I didn't. And there's no reason for y'all to be complaining about nothing because I'm making good money. There's no reason you can't be making good money. But even then, like, I'm I'm interrupting you, but I want to say, like, if we look at, yes, if I want to delve in, if we look at your comparison to your life before you got that new job in your life now, do you think your quality of life has went up? Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, and I I do too. I think your quality of life has significantly improved down to even the benefits that you get just for working that new job. Like, and I'm telling all your business, but uh, Gabby even got like a discount off their new apartment. Their, uh, Their new apartment deposit and their monthly rent, they got a discount on it because of the job that they work. Right, and because the economy is so bad and inflation is so bad, me making that amount of money, it's like, 
it's it's like I am uh, like really doing something because nobody is really making money in this city. And uh, like I said, if my mind, if I was still in this capitalist frame of mind, then it's like, well, I'm I'm better than everybody. I'm better than everybody. I can put my nose down at everybody, even though if I lose my job today, I'm back in the same spot. But I feel like that that is that's kind of what's going on right now uh if we think about the black girl luxury or the luxury stuff or the the soft life or the trad wife it's like a uh it's almost like a gaslighting for people who don't have the money to say there's no reason why you shouldn't be living like this and for the people who do have money instead of getting them to think about okay why is nobody else making money like you and you need to be helping everybody. It's got them looking over here to, I need more. I need to get more. I need people to know that I have money. And it, I feel like it's, it's creating an even bigger uh, class divide. And um, I, I only see it getting worse because people, we can't even talk about capitalism anymore. Everybody done with that conversation that's old, that's tired. It was a fad thing people were talking about. Anti-capitalist. Now we're back to buying the bags. Now we're back to listening to the music. Now we're back to going to the concerts. Listen, listen. When I say the interesting dynamic that has completely changed on our uh, building our power, Twitter it went from being extremely anti-capitalist at all time with the people that we were following to now these same people we were following are retweeting information about the Tesla bags, Rihanna putting out a new Fenty whatever, uh, Beyonce going to her concerts, buying her tickets up. Like, was it just a joke to y'all? Yeah. All of this was just a joke? It was a fad. It was a fad. Now people can go outside. Like I said, for the people that's making money, you can ignore it. Go outside, spend money. And I feel like that's another reason why, like, all this this uh, manufacturing consent of COVID being over and mm-hmm. not having to wear the mask. It's just another way to get people to think that things are better. Even though there a lot of people's wages are not increasing. No. At least you can go outside. And COVID isn't over by any means. Like, no. people, there's still upwards of, like, a thousand plus people that are dying a day from COVID. Uh, and then, of course, like Gabby was saying at the beginning, they're always saying, well, they had comorbidities. Like, of these people, majority of them had comorbidities. Okay, so fucking what? They were fat. That doesn't mean they deserve to die. So fucking what? They had diabetes. So fucking what? They had high blood pressure. So fucking what? Who fucking cares? They did not deserve to die just so that you can go outside and spend money on a bag. You like you it didn't. just it it it's completely outrageous and we knew this was going to happen uh with covid we knew that the moment that they stopped uh, putting people inside people were no longer going to be thinking about all the shit that they're having to deal with and instead they were going to go right back to their quote unquote normal lives where they could ignore poor people and they could ignore fat phobia they can ignore classism uh homophobia racism they can ignore all those things now that's because they have money and they don't have to look at those things that's the thing and I, and i like i said i feel like that's another reason that they they didn't want that lockdown to happen no more because yeah people weren't buying stuff but people had to sit down and think 
The TV, they, they couldn't watch no more TV. They get tired of the TV. They get tired of the Netflix. They get tired of the Wii. The Wii. <laughs> the PlayStation 5. They had no choice but to sit there and think about life and think about how all this shit was made up. And then you had people that were easier to, you know, organize. People that were easier had ears that were ready to listen to this new information because things were bad. Yep. Now, the illusion is back in play. You go to your concert, you get your luxury bag, and everybody's talking about luxury, everybody's talking about COVID's over, get fit, eat right, do all this stuff, and everybody is back to normal. All them people that said they were protesting, they're not going to perform for the NFL, all them people that said... Uh, they weren't going to support this brand. All these people that said they weren't going to vote no more. All these people are on campaigns. They're performing at the Super Bowl. They're doing all this stuff again because it was a fad and a phase. And I feel like for us, that learning tool and that learning point needs to be what we talk about, the difference between mobilizing and organizing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were mobilized, a lot of people were mobilized. A lot of people were interested. But not a lot of people were organized. Because as soon as them doors opened back up for the businesses, they were gone. And so now it's a little bit harder for us because you don't have a captive audience all the time. And you have to actually get people and get them in a, a spot where they actually care about listening to what you have to talk about. And that's what we got to try to figure out now. Yeah, so um, there is something I want to ask you specifically because uh, in a previous episode, you asked me sort of a similar question. But what do you think, as a thin person, you can do to help combat the fat phobia uh, and the quote-unquote skinny is in type stuff? Well, one of the first things that I would have to do is look internally within myself. And see how I am internalizing those messages so that I can then be able to see how I project them to others and uh, all that other stuff. So, firstly, going within myself and seeing how am I uh, reinforcing these ideas of fat phobia within my own personal self and how I view my body and how I view myself. So, I do that work. And then... I can become more conscious of how am I doing that and, uh, you know, spewing that rhetoric or reinforcing it or encouraging that rhetoric within my daily life. And always be ready and be willing to call it out when anybody is, is spewing fatphobic rhetoric. Call them out with facts. Call them out by roasting them, whatever you have to do. <laughs> and then just continue to spread information and education on what are the facts? And why is it that you are fat phobic? It's not some natural thing. It's not something you were born with. Break it down to what is the purpose of fat phobia in this capitalist society? It's a purpose to divide. It's a purpose to reinforce this white supremacist capitalist model and to be for and in uh in support of fat phobia is to be against the people is to be for this capitalist model. And so, I mean, that's pretty much all that will have to be just me educating others, edu- re- continuing to educate myself and continuing to call out the bullshit. 
And, uh, you know, when we have the information, relay it to y'all. Um, that's it. Yeah, so I pretty much agree, other than, like, I feel like, uh, with fat phobia, it's important that we're figuring out, like, like you said, why we're feeling that way, and but then also connecting it to white supremacy. Like, at the end of the day, everything essentially wraps back around to white supremacy, the quote-unquote American dream, the Stanford wife, the blah, 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 blah. Like, everything ends up wrapping right back around to the white supremacist standard model nuclear family of what things are supposed to look like and how things are supposed to go. So, really... What's going to be most important for us as people to combat fat phobia, to combat, to combat, to combat uh, classism, racism, things like that, is going to be looking at it, like you said, connecting it back to white supremacy and saying, absolutely, how am I, how are the people I'm around, how are they contributing to these things, and what can we do to stop it? Yeah. And something real quick that I just thought of thinking about fat phobia, thinking about uh, anti-blackness, thinking about all this classism stuff is, again, this makes it harder for us to organize because if you have a group of people, like if you have uh, people in the disability community, which they, they do, they're fighting for it, saying we need to make more than however many cents they make an hour at these jobs. Mm-hmm. In an ableist world, in an ableist country, they're not going to get much support. No. Because in our in our brains, they they deserve they deserve that little amount because they're not like us. They're not able-bodied. They're fine. Hey, you you better figure something out. In a, in a in a fat phobic world, fat people talking about the medical uh malpractice that they that they experience, the discrimination at the workplace, stuff like that, them not getting paid the same amount, economic issues of working class people, we don't care about that. Nope. Because you can go over there and lose some weight and you won't have these problems no more. Black women or black people in general talking about their their workplace problems and all this other stuff and them not being able to afford food, them living in uh, food deserts, them living in economic hazardous places. In a white supremacist world, I don't care. Literally. You better figure something out. This is your fault. You can pull yourself up from your bootstraps. So, yes. This fascism stuff is intended for a purpose because this is the right time for us to be organizing together and fighting this system and starting the doggone revolution. But if we're all caught up in the classism, oh, I'm better than you because I'm not fat. I'm better than you because I can afford a bag. We're just, it's going to be like this until, you know, the recession is over and then we're literally back to 2016. 2016, 2018. And it's time to vote again. Time to vote. Vo- I mean, they're already pushing that. They're yeah. already pushing that, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this this was definitely a rant episode. It isn't a complete thought. Um, we'll make sure to add some things down in the bottom. Definitely. So, yes. We're fighting fat phobia. We're fighting all these phobias and isms because we have to do that first before you can do anything. So, yeah, these aren't trivial, trivial issues. They're very important issues that we need to be uh, fighting against every day. Okay. So, if you would like to help us, 
in the work we're doing in Memphis, passing out propaganda, uh, filling up the community fridge, talking to the people, passing out. We're going to start when it starts getting cooler, passing out the care packages for the homeless with the hand warmers and all that stuff. You can do so. Link is in the description. If you'd like to join us in Memphis and uh, join us in the work, you can do so. Link is in the description. This has been Gabby and Katie, and this has been Building Our Power.